This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Gretch, I know from my own experience that baby making is not always simple. There is a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And when you want to conceive, there can be a lack of understanding and resources. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from reproductive health to uh, ovulation tracking to conception aid. Frida is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. Frida products are innovative, easy to use, and accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, at Target, and select CVS stores near you. That's Frida Fertility, F-R-I-D-A, Frida Fertility. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about ideas and strategies for making our lives happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week is a very special episode. Every 10th episode is a very special episode. And this week we will talk about regret, our regrets, our listeners' regrets, and why thinking about regret can help us make our lives happier. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses, human nature. I am in a cobbled together, kind of fakey studio outside of New York City today. And joining me from LA is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I will see you soon in Kansas City. Yes, that's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And Gretchen, I can already taste that Winstead's burger. Oh, day one, yep. you know it. Before we jump in, we wanted to say that we are both on threads. We're both having a lot of fun on threads, so join us there if you want. I am at Gretchen Rubin. That's my handle for all social media. And Elizabeth, yours is at Liz Craft, right? Correct. That's right. Excellent. So join us on threads. We're really enjoying the conversation there. We do not regret joining threads, but this episode, we are going to focus on the subject of regret. And Gretchen, why is regret something that could actually make us happier. Right. So you think of regret as being a negative emotion, but negative emotions actually have a very important role to play in a happy life. Often they're a big flashing sign that something isn't right. And because they're unpleasant, they can sometimes help us take action, prod us to make change when nothing else can. I know for me, for instance, the negative emotion of envy Mm. was really helpful when I was thinking about switching from law to writing because I thought, well... I feel sort of a a mild interest when people get great law jobs, but when I thought of people who were writers, I was so envious, and that helped me see what it was that I really wanted. 
So reflecting on our regrets can help us to figure out how to set up our lives to be happier. Yeah. So we're talking about regret, which is when we feel sad, disappointed, or repentant about something that we did or didn't do in the past. Gretch, it's interesting because from listeners' comments, it's clear that some people choose not to use the word regret. Yes. They emphasize that they've done the best they could do at a certain time and they need to move on and not regret. We heard that from a bunch of people. Yeah, right. So they don't like thinking about it in terms of regret. And look, vocabulary is really important. If you don't like thinking about the past in terms of regret, maybe you want to frame it as What are my insights from experience? Or what lessons have I learned the hard way? But it's just the idea that looking back on the past and thinking about what we did or didn't do, can we use that reflection to help us become happier by making better decisions? So one way it can help us make better choices is if we anticipate things that we might regret in the future. So we think about, okay, how is my future self gonna feel about what I'm doing now? Mm -hmm. That can help us make better choices in the present. Or if we're thinking about past regret, which I think is more typical, we can think about, okay, given that I regret lessons that I learned from the past, what might I change or do differently moving forward? And then we can also learn from other people's regrets. Right. Like we can think about our own regrets, but then when other people tell us their regrets, that can be very helpful. Just as a small example, Elizabeth, you know this because I talk about it all the time, is years ago, before I even was married, an older friend said to me, wow, you know, one thing I really regret is that I didn't have professional photographs taken when my children were really young. And for whatever reason, this made a huge impression on me. And I have really done that. When I had newborns with Eliza and Eleanor, and then also throughout their childhood years, I've made sure to have regular professional photos taken. We feel like we're taking photographs all the time, but in the end, it's not the same as having like an actual good lighting and great paper and yes. you know somebody who really knows it. And I'm quite confident it would never have occurred to me to anticipate my future self and how I would think of it. It just never even crossed my yeah. mind as a consideration. But just her offhand comment really led to quite a significant effort on my part throughout the years that I'm really happy about. Yeah, well, Gretch, I'm in a state of both reflecting on past regret and acting and anticipating future regret and acting. I'm sandwiched yeah. because, you know, Sarah, my writing partner, and I, and co-host of Happier in Hollywood, we are on strike with the Writers Guild of America. Yeah. And we've been through a strike before. In 2007, we were on strike. Right. And we really regretted yeah. not using that time more thoughtfully, I guess I would say. We just... Mm. We didn't do any of our own work during that time, Mm -hmm. and we really regretted it because, Mm -hmm. you know, that's five months down the drain. So this time we decided, okay, let's, looking at the strike that was impending, we said, let's make sure we use the time that we're on strike so that we're not, Mm -hmm. in addition to picketing, we're also doing something for ourselves, which is how we came to work on our novel, which we are writing. And if anyone's interested in our process or anything about our novel, we talk a lot about it on Happier in Hollywood. So that, again, is a case where that regret then led to us now hopefully not having a regret and doing something good. Right. I like the regret sandwich where it's like, I'm thinking about past regret. And if you get to the end of the strike and nothing's happening, you're like, we know that we will feel that way. Yes. And so that's leading you to take action. 
So that's a perfect example of how the pain of regret actually is leading you to do something that's very positive. One thing that comes up over and over in our conversations about happiness is that we all have to figure it out for ourselves. There's no magic one-size-fits-all solution, and you can't think about your life in terms of, okay, what's the best way or what's the right way? And for regret, it's going to look different for different people. I can easily imagine someone thinking, wow, I really regret that I spent too much time hanging out with my friends, goofing off, messing around, and I just didn't work harder. And I can easily imagine someone thinking, wow, I really regret that I worked so hard. I put in so many hours. Mm. I was exhausted when I wasn't working and I really didn't make plans. And I really regret that I didn't spend more time with my friends. Both things can be true. It could even be true that both things are true for the same person at different times in their lives. But whatever we realize now can help us set ourselves up for more happiness in the future by realizing lessons that we've learned from experience. Yeah. So, Grush, before we jump into our regrets and listeners' regrets, what are some frameworks by people who have thought a lot about this? Because that can be helpful. Yeah, no, it's good to just think of different categories people have set out. Well, one, and this every once in a while goes all over the internet. So I'm sure many, many people have seen this. It started out as a blog post, and then it turned out as a book by Bronnie Ware. It's called Regrets of the Dying, and it was inspired by her work in palliative care. So according to Bronnie Ware, the most common regrets of the dying were, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. And I'd wish that I let myself be happier. Oh, interesting. Yeah, really interesting. It's interesting you have to let yourself be happy. I can relate to that. There's a lot in there. And these ideas, it's interesting, Dan Pink, who's a very thoughtful writer, who wrote a really excellent book that if you're interested in regret, I highly recommend called The Power of Regret, where he talks all about different aspects of regret. He makes a few points that are helpful if you're just trying to sort of in your mind figure out how to think about it. And I think that one of the most useful things that he points out is that there are regrets of action and regrets of inaction. So what are examples? Well, so regrets of action are something like you lost your temper, mm. you blew up at somebody, you did something. Or there are regrets of inaction, which is something like, I didn't work very hard in college. And what he points out is that we tend to have more regret for the things we don't do. Which reminds me, you know, I love a proverb. And one of my favorite traditional proverbs is that it is more painful to do nothing than to do something. Mm. And that's what Dan Pink's research suggests. Well, and that makes sense, Scratch, because we learn from mistakes. So if you did something yeah. and it was a mistake, at least you can learn from it. Whereas I think if you yes. didn't do something, yes. it's harder to feel like you've learned from it. Right. And it's more right. of right. just a regret. Yeah, inaction can kind of haunt us, the road not taken. And here's an example of how I benefited from this in my own life, my own regrets. So when I was in college, I did no extracurricular activities, none. And by the time college was over, I really wished that I had been more involved. And after college, I felt like I missed opportunities to do fun things and to engage more deeply with people and with the school and to learn about something. So that was something that I really, really regretted. So a couple of years go by when I did this and that, and then I went to law school. And the regret that I had acknowledged to myself that I felt about college really fueled me to push myself to do activities in law school, like Barrister's Union and the Law Journal. 
which, by the way, especially the Law Journal, ended up being huge engines of happiness for me. But I think if I had not consciously acknowledged my regret for what mm-hmm. I did in college, I wouldn't have known to do something different in law school because the things that made me not want to do the things in college were still true for me in law school. I had to really be like, hey, Gretchen, learn the lesson from experience, do things differently. Yes. And I have to point out as your sister that you ended up being the editor-in-chief of the Yale Law Journal. Gold star for that. Which was one of the best experiences of my life. So it ended up being very, very important. This is a place, side note, in terms of regrets, I think this is a place where parents can play a bad role Mm. out of love. Out of love as parents, we don't want to see our children struggle or fail or be disappointed or be at risk in any way. So we may urge them not to pursue something that to us feels like a risky Mm. path, but then they wonder about it forever. Right. I remember switching to writing, back to my own experience. I remember at a certain point I was like, well, now I'd rather fail as a writer than succeed as a lawyer. And so I need to take my shot. Our parents were very supportive of that. But I could imagine some parents being like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then I might have always thought like, "What? this was like my road not yes. taken. This is where let people decide their own roads. If you intervene too much in that, you might set the stage for regret. Absolutely. And then, Gretch, before we get to our regrets, Dan Pink divides major regrets into four categories. So there's foundation regret, which is like, if only I'd done the work to quit smoking, to study harder, had saved more, things would have been different. This is the kind of thing that when I was writing better than before... I saw often, because often foundation regrets are regrets related to habits. Mm. And then boldness. If only I'd taken the risk. Mm. Right. This is like, I wish I'd said how I felt to somebody or taking chances. This is something that's very pertinent to me. I think as an upholder, I often have regrets of boldness. So this is something that I'm going to focus on more Mm. in the future, making sure that I'm not hanging back from taking risks or making mistakes. And then moral, which is if only I'd done the right thing. Very, very painful kind of regret, looking back and realizing that we did not make the moral choice. And then finally, connection. If only I'd reached out. I bet that's one of the most common ones, right? Yes, for sure. Although I think all of these, we probably all have regrets in (laughs) all of these categories. Yes, to say absolutely. Yeah. All right, Gretch. Well, coming up, we're going to share some of our regrets and listener regrets. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Okay, Elizabeth, we're talking about regrets, big and small, anticipatory regrets, past regrets. What are some of the things you regret as you consider your own life? Well, one regret I have, Gretchen, which is funny, you mentioned extracurriculars in college. One of my regrets relates to Jack's grade school, which is I Mm. regret that I didn't participate more. I volunteered in the volunteer slots, but I didn't do committees or get Mm -hmm. to know other parents through working at school. And I think it would have connected me to a lot more parents. I mean, as you know, I have a lot of connections with parents, but then I would have met the different grades. I know everyone in our grade. I think I just, I would have enjoyed that. I love meetings and talking to people. Yeah. Felt shy about it. And then of course there's always work to deal with um, as well. But that's just kind of a regret that I have right now, like a current regret. Well, I have sort of a related regret, and this is because now that Eliza and Eleanor are both graduated from high school, I realized that I regret that I didn't think about their school years in terms of my experience. Because Mm. I saw them as like, this is their experience, this is their thing, and I'm a supporting bit player in their drama. Instead of saying... I have a role. My role is as a parent who has a child in grade school or high school or whatever. And I don't know why I think that would have made a difference in how I approached it, but I think I would have felt like it should play a more central role. And and maybe it would have led me to do the kind of thing that you're saying, which is volunteer for a committee or something, because I, I just saw it as very much their thing that I was hanging on to rather than something that was central to me. And Gretch, there are those small regrets, but that just nag at you. Yeah. For instance, I regret that I haven't gone to more concerts in life, but specifically, mm. Adam and I almost went to see Tom Petty at the Hollywood Bowl. I saw, oh, Tom Petty's mm. playing tonight. There's still tickets. We could go. We both love Tom Petty. And then we just, Mm. inertia got the best of us and we just didn't deal with it. And he died like two days later. It was his last concert. And I never ended up seeing him live. And it just still to this day, I'm like, why didn't we go to that Tom Petty concert? Right. And it just bothers me on a regular basis. So I should use that to go to concerts rather than just regret that I haven't. I should say, okay, let me go see Paul McCartney. Let me go see these people. But it's just funny how a little thing like that can stay with you. Yes. Right. But it's like, okay, if I feel that inertia kicking in and dissuading me from doing something, get the anticipatory regret, think about the future self and be like, okay, you don't want to be in that situation again. That's a really thing. I have a regret that we didn't get a dog sooner. Mm. Both Eliza and Eleanor really wanted to get a dog and I was the holdout. Jamie was very amenable to it. He wasn't pro particularly, though now he's the biggest proponent of having dogs. He was like, sure, fine. It was a whole process, which I talked about on the podcast for a long time. And then the minute we got a dog, I was like, oh, we should have gotten a dog long ago. It added so much happiness to our family. So I do wish that I and, and the thing is, all the happiness research said that. So I was like, I, yeah. of all people, I should have known better. And we loved our dog growing up. So I had every yeah. reason to, to do it anyway. Oh, speaking of small regrets, here's another regret that I have. And this is a regret. I'm telling Eliza and Eleanor because this is like a young person regret, which is I have messy systems. The way I do my passwords, the way accounts are set up, the way I've named my Word documents. It's just messy. I wish I had a clean system. But now, you know, I've been doing it for so long, it feels like... 
it's one of these things that like, I wish you started out thoughtfully. So I'm just like, you know what, come out with a convention and stick to it or whatever. Mm. Um, again, that's a small thing, but. Yes. And Gretchen, there's a new category of regret that you and I are coming up with, which is regrets about not setting the stage. Yes. We're saying traditions. Years yes. go by and you realize you don't have a tradition for something. Yeah. So we're suggesting people think about what traditions they'll regret not having. For instance, I regret that I didn't start an annual tradition of a weekend with my college friends. Yes. Because years go by and I don't see them and I miss them. And it really bothers me that I don't see them, but we don't have this set thing in place. Right. But if we'd always seen each other every October, yeah. a certain day, then yeah. we'd still be doing it. Well, and this is like my family in the 4th of July. Like growing up, our mother's birthday is the 4th of July. So it was always like birthday, 4th of July. It was sort of like this thing. But then with my family, the 4th of July is a great minor holiday. There's so much fun that you could do. And i always like, we should come up with a tradition. But now it seems like, oh, okay, yeah. maybe we just well, missed that boat. Yeah. So one thing to think about is in terms of anticipatory regret, especially if you're going through a transition, is to think about what will you wish that you have had? Ah, uh, yes. And then it seems like there's a slightly different kind of regret, like a wistful regret. Yeah. So maybe it's something that's not really realistic given the kind of person you were, but still you wish it could have been a reality. That's the road not taken. Yeah. Like I, my wistful regret is that I wish I'd known that I wanted to be a writer in college. If I'd known that I was going to end up a writer, there's so many things I would have done differently. But looking back on college, I understand why I didn't at that time understand it. And I'm really glad that I went to law school. So, but it is one of these things like sometimes wistfully, I think, oh, wow, I really wish I'd gone through college thinking of myself as a writer in training. How about you, Alyssa? Do you have a wistful regret? Well, I, yes, I do. And it's kind of the opposite, but not, which is as a TV writer, I always say that I wish I'd gone to business school, ah. not to be a business person, but to understand the entertainment business. I feel like yes. I'd be so much better off if I had a mm -hmm. solid understanding of business. However, it's probably the case that if I did go to business school, I wouldn't have ended up being a TV writer. So... Right. I probably yes. would have gone into business. So it's a right. wistful regret. It's like, uh, you know, I wish both things could be true, that I was a TV writer right. and that I'd gone to business school. Right. Well, it's interesting. Okay, Gretch, coming up, we are going to hear from our listeners about their regrets. But first is break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. 
This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. We heard from so many listeners. It was absolutely fascinating to read about people's different experiences and reflections. Um, we will try to go through as many as we can because we can all learn from each other. Often yes. we really can learn from learning about other people's regrets. Jen said, I didn't go to my best friend's wedding. It was a destination wedding right after the holidays. At the time, I'd started a new job, didn't have the time off, and didn't really have the money. Of course, she understood. If I had somehow known she would only live three and a half more years, I would have figured out a way to make it happen. It was a hard way to learn the importance of showing up for the people you love. Yeah, that's a painful Uh, one. That's, yeah. Sherry said, I regret every single time I worried about the opinions of others and allowed a lot of my decision making to be based on them. Sadly, I didn't break free of this people pleasing until I was in my 50s. So the list of wondering what could have been is huge. Right. So that's the regret of inaction. Kristen says, I regret moving away from my home state, Nebraska. Life happens and you get married, buy a house, have a kid, etc. And before you know it, you're rooted and it's impossible to move back. I miss the people the most. I'm not unhappy in where I live now or our situation, but I certainly regret thinking there was something better out there because I do miss my extended family and cornfields are calming to me, us too. Yeah, definitely a learned lesson in appreciation. But it's interesting, Gretch, because you could see someone having the opposite regret as well. Yes. They regret that they didn't move away from their home state. So again, right. the individual. But then I will say that our parents, one of their pieces of advice is like, get where you're going. As young people, you often move, move, move. But then at a certain point, you stop moving. And so, that, so I remember when Jamie and I were in D.C., they were like, just think about the fact if you want to end up in New York City, Remember to move there, <laughs> which That's funny. felt very obvious, but it, yeah, you do get stuck. Marlene said, my one regret is that I didn't follow my heart and mind and prepare myself for a career I believe I would have enjoyed and learned skills that I would have been good at. So mm. this is also the inaction. Yeah. Danielle said, I regret not making that phone call I wanted to when I sensed something was not right. It probably would not have changed the outcome or maybe it would have just delayed it, but I could have maybe had one more conversation. I regret not saying I love you more to people or how much they mean slash meant to me. That's something I can and have changed. Daniel says, I regret not flying home sooner when my dad was sick. He passed a few hours before I arrived, and I haven't been able to forgive myself, especially since the same thing happened when my mom passed. That's hard. Mm, Those are hard. 
Ireland says, I regret not asking about anxiety medication sooner. I white knuckled my way through years of panic attacks because I was afraid. And I distinctly remember articulating my fear to myself this way. If I had to tell my doctor what I was feeling, I'd start crying and never stop. As soon as the medication kicked in, it was like the sun came up in my brain. All those years, I thought I was high strung when I'm actually super laid back. On the subject of the term regret, Joanne wrote, I like to think of regret as I wish I had. It sounds less harsh. And when I say that I wish I had, I like to add, okay, so what now is the plan? It may not look like the original plan from oh so many years ago, but it can be exactly what I need now. Hmm. That's helpful. Yes. Jennifer said, I regret working one minute over 40 hours in a week at a corporate job or any job that isn't my own business. The only reward for hard work is more work in that culture. Mm. A lot of people are feeling that right now. Abby said, I have one regret. In 1997, Garth Brooks gave a free concert in Central Park. Now iconic. One million people attended. Epic. I did not attempt to go because the logistics were challenging. I was living in New York City. Why, oh, why? What was I thinking? I'm disappointed in myself. Well, Elizabeth, this sounds very much like your, your Tom Petty. Yes. Maybe it's good to know you're not the only one. Yeah. Carolyn says, most of my regrets center around raising my son, but he grew up to be a fine man. The one that lingers is not getting to know my mother better. She was 65 when she died and I was 31. We never got to have those long talks that usually come when parents are elderly. P.S. I am now elderly, so I know whereof I speak. Kelly said, I regret I wasn't braver when I was young. It kept me from going places, speaking up, trying things, traveling, etc. I wish I had more courage to just do and be. Bren said, marrying a man I and everyone else knew was wrong for me. I bet there are a lot of regrets in that yeah. category. Yeah, yeah. Well, and something on a not quite such a deep note, Tracy said... I regret not wearing sunscreen in my 20s. Mind you, the range and quality back in the 80s was nothing compared to what it is today. Mm, no. Yes. No. Janice said, I regret quitting the violin when I was a teenager. I have started to learn to play again 20 years later. So she did something about it. Alyssa said, I regret every time I chose not to speak up for the week. Mm. So this is the moral regret um, yeah. that we were talking about in the framework. Elizabeth says, I regret not being there more for my sons when they were growing up. I regret not finishing college when I was young, so I had to go back to school when my youngest son was in high school. I was a single mom, so he spent way too many evenings home alone and ended up getting in with the wrong crowd. He finally got his act together in his late 20s, but I always wonder how it would have been if I had been home at night when he was a teen. Mm, that's hard. Yeah. Lori writes, I regret not going to my senior prom. I was asked by a friend, but because it wasn't the boy I had a crush on, I said no. Had I gone with my friend, we would probably gone with a big group of friends and had a great time. Again, this is a good one to learn from the future. Rebecca Ann says, I regret not pursuing my professional career, starting with taking it more seriously as a college student. I went to art school, regret number one, married a Marine, zero regrets, and was very happy to follow him around the world. I've done a lot that I wouldn't have been able to do, not well anyway, if I had been working through it all. But now that he is retired, I feel I have very little to offer. The kids are growing up and won't need me much soon, and now I have been out of the professional world so long that I'm really intimidated by how much things have changed. It's affecting my self-esteem in ways I never anticipated. 
Well, this is, this is complex. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. There's consequences you didn't anticipate. I mean, thought provoking. Yeah. And this is where you can make changes now that will 10 years from now, things may look very different. Exactly. Exactly. Elizabeth said, I wish I had taken the basketball course in college taught by the legendary IU coach, Bob Knight. I was on the school paper and would have had a hell of an article. Amazing stories to tell decades later and more knowledge of a game I love. Robin said, I regret allowing people to think I was a doormat for too long. I wasn't. I just did not have the tools to set boundaries or know how to speak up for myself effectively. Amber says, the only regret, smoking. Every other action or decision led to places where there has been at least one positive along the way. Betsy said, not writing a journal my whole life. I've forgotten too many memories. Well, Gretchen, she should get the uh, one sentence journal and start keeping a journal. If it's hard to keep a whole one, one sentence is enough. Yeah, I'll post a link in the show notes to the shop. Or you can go to happiercast.com slash shop, of course. Judy said, I regret not applying for funding for my PhD after I wasn't successful the first time. I still got my PhD, but had to work part-time and was never part of the academic community. Friends of mine applied three years in a row before they got funding in the humanities. Lou said, I only really have two that irk me. Giving up dance and watching someone be bullied at school and being too scared to speak up. A lot of people regret not standing up to bullies. Amy says, not wanting a sequin pillow of Danny DeVito's face at the Goodwill when I saw it. Okay. That's hilarious. The next time you see that sequin pillow, you will jump. Yes. (laughs) Kim said, not finding cute and comfortable shoes earlier in life. Court says, not getting a therapist at age 20. 25 years ago. And Dominique says, the way I treated people in high school, I was so focused on being a cool kid. Well, it's fascinating to hear about people's regrets. I think we can all learn from each other. One thing that is really worth keeping in mind is that we want to show compassion for ourselves when we think about regrets. Partly it's so that we can stay open to the lessons of regret. If it's too painful, you're not going to think about it. And you know, the thing is, most of us are doing the best that we can at the time. So it means we should be compassionate, but then can we learn also to do things in a different way in the future? Yeah. And then also remind yourself of the but, like I regret my bad marriage, somebody might say, but I have my children or I regret taking that job, but I met my sweetheart there. So a lot of times good things are part of things that we regret. And so there's value there. Yeah. So let us know how reflecting on regret helps you think of ways to make your life happier. This is such a thought provoking conversation. We just poured over what listeners wrote in. Let us know on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook threads. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is happiercast.com slash 440 for everything related to this episode. The resources for this week. I cannot wait to do a fireside chat with Meha Agrawal, who is founder and CEO of Silk and Sonder. That is a self-care monthly planner and journal subscription company. So we're going to be talking about my new Five Senses journal and how we can use it to make ourselves happier, more creative, more productive, and how the senses can fit into self-care. And we will be walking participants through an exercise in creating their own Five Senses portrait, which is one of my Mm -hmm. favorite exercises. So much fun to do a Five Senses portrait. 
That is July 27th, 2023 at 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. Sign up to attend at happiercast.com slash fireside chat. And that's all one word, fireside chat. I hope to see you there. Yay. And Elizabeth, what are we reading? I am still reading The Lying Game by Ruth Ware. And I am still rereading Story of a Soul by St. Therese of Lisieux. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember, reflect on your regrets. Let us know your insights and observations. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram and TikTok and threads at Gretchen Rubin. And I'm on Instagram and threads at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. One thing that you will not regret, you will not regret rating or reviewing or following our show. We will certainly appreciate it very much. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Elizabeth, there's a regret I forgot to mention about my book, Better Than Before. What is it? So... I like the title better than before, but when I was working on it and trying to come up with a title, mom said, why don't you call it The Habit of Habits? And the minute she said it, I was like, oh my gosh, that is the greatest title. And I, and I thought that it was right. And kind of along the way, people dissuaded me from it. And they were like, it's not The Habit of Habits, it's The Habits of Habit. And it just got mm-hmm. lost in a shuffle. And I really do think that would have been a stronger title because people would have just known what the book was about just mm-hmm. from the title alone. Yes. Better than before is like... It's it's a good thing to be better than before, but it's a little bit... It doesn't tell you... Right. It can be a novel. I think it was because mom just said it. I was like, could it be this easy? Right. I discounted it. And I should have trusted that feeling that I got of rightness when she said... I remember exactly where we were sitting in the kitchen. I was I can see her sitting there and saying it. But I learned. Your next book about habits can be called that. <laughs> yes, exactly. From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.